We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready. No one's in the Clark Ford Studios today. We'll still tell you about them in a minute. Neil from Atlanta, the Peach Bowl, three days away. We'll get into that. Ole Miss also uh, had quite the uh, big Christmas Eve with Walter Nolan committing to the Rebels. We'll hit on that a little bit. Also here on the podcast, all NPW Digital podcasts presented by Twisted T. Hope all of you have a wonderful Christmas, holiday season, and whatever regard that is. I know some of you still celebrating, depending on what it is that you celebrating. But we're going to uh, get into it a little bit. Begin Peach Bowl, Walter Nolan, and more. And tell you a little about the Oxford Exxon to kick it off. Hope you're coming into Oxford for your holiday travels. You stopped by the Oxford Exxon, filled up in a clean, convenience store. A lot of options there, including the beer cave. Look, you've been around family for a long time. Might need a drink or two. If so, the Oxford Exxon can help you out with that. Head on in, pick up what you need, pick up some fuel, and much more from there. Lunch specials, five sixty nine, two sides bread, a couple uh, a fountain drink, any size for uh, that. Might as well get the biggest one, because why not? And again, Neil will tell you about the Clark Ford Studio. Yep, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call that number, ask for Corey Clark. You can always get those closeouts for 2023. Uh, look ahead to 2024. Corey and the people at Clark Ford, they want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. Great service, uh, great product. Um, they'll just take great care of you. You've been with us for a long time. They want to be with you for a long time, too. So make the call, 662 257 1900 uh, i'll tell you about the campbell clinic hotline in a moment to be perfectly honest i've got so many different files up on this computer that i've got to find that but uh all guests join on the campbell clinic hotline so we'll tell you about them uh in here in just a moment when i find it i'm a little out of practice there that was one of my worst opens in a while it's been a few days a uh, little, little little lagging a little bit but it's all right well uh we'll get there yeah you mentioned Corey. i think you know we talked about ben being around for 10 years i think corey has been with us for eight now if i have that right i think eight or nine yeah i think it's eight this year something like that so we're uh getting close to uh that decade and appreciate him as well from a uh, a partner and a uh, a friend there with clark ford 
and uh and Corey and myself. So Neil, you're uh, you're at the Peach Bowl, had a uh, practice. Real quick, real quick. The Campbell yeah. Clinic's in Oxford, in Oxford, twenty six oh eight South Lamar Boulevard, Suite one oh two, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. The Campbell Clinic provides full service orthopedic care. Everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care, pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic Monday through Friday, uh, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. And all of my coverage, and there's a good bit already up at the website, all of our coverage, I should say, Chase wrote yesterday, as well, all of that is up at rebelgrove.com, and it is brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. People always kind of want a little behind the scenes on how this works. Obviously, we have some travel budget, but Yahoo's not exactly footing the bill for uh, us to cover these games and do the things that we do. And so it sure does make it a lot easier when we have uh, partners step up and uh, sponsor it. And uh, Comer and Southern have done that for uh, for me this week here in Atlanta, making it possible to get over here yesterday and be here this morning when we got access to uh, Pete Golding, for example, for the first time since August, Pete was really interesting. There's a lot of content already up at rebelgrove.com today with uh, Golding from the main room to a breakout room where I had almost 10 minutes, just me and him. Uh, some pretty interesting stuff from him. Uh, fascinating guy. That was the first time I really had a chance to have a, an in-depth conversation with him. Um, so all of that's there and it would not be there if it were not for the people at Comer and Southern because, uh, I'm sure that your family is a lot like my family by the end of the year and Christmas and uh, throw in an unexpected and unprepared for uh, dog surgery and things like that. Uh, the money just to drop a couple grand to run over to Atlanta for a few days would not have uh, would not have been as uh, easy to do without a corporate partner. So big thanks to Eric Payne and all the people at Comer and Southern uh, for taking care of us over the years. Speaking of long-term relationships, we have a long-term one with them as well. So if you have heating and cooling needs, and if you don't now, you will down the road, make sure you think about Comer and Southern. You'll get phenomenal service, and they have been great to us over the years. You uh, quickly mentioned there, it looks like uh, potentially some some good future prognosis on your, on your pup. A lot of people asking. It seems like things going okay there down the road. Uh, down the road, yeah. He had to have... Uh, he had to have a toe amputated yesterday. Um, it's a pretty big surgery. It sucks. No, he sucks when he's he's uh, but he's he was in good hands, and we hoped against kind of hoped against hope here for the last month or so that we could avoid that. But it was becoming obvious that we weren't going to avoid it, and it was uh, he was on all sorts of antibiotics, and he was still bad infected and. There wasn't anything that he had. A, he has a tumor. They don't think it's malignant. So we're holding our, crossing our fingers that it's not malignant. I don't think it is. They don't think it is, but he had to have that removed yesterday. So he's, he's bandaged. He's back home. He's all bandaged up. He's got a cone on his head. Um, If you know Rizzo, you know that being, being calm and, and, uh, and just <laughs> chilling is not, is not his cup of tea. He's, 
a very happy, friendly dog. And so he's got to be pretty sedated for the next 10 to 14 days. And um, yeah, that's going to be a, that's going to be a challenge. Yeah. Gus is a little more uh, mild tempered than your boy Rizzo there. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 he discards the front door. It's different, a little different than, than, than Rizzo. Rizzo um, likes to the people are. So everybody's got to kind of stay calm at the house, but he, he had a big Christmas. We had a house full of people. And even though he was running around with the mangled toe, he didn't let that, he didn't let that bother him. He, he was the life of the party. So you mentioned the story of Pete. Well, people read it. We won't give all that away, but, uh, you know, a lot of that is, uh, you know, credit. I mean, obviously the coordinators are going to be available at most bowl games, but you were talking about this morning, the peach bowl doing such a good job. It does feel like a different era. You mentioned that to me in text is it's probably one of the two or three best bowl games and not necessarily just for media, but the fans getting interaction through that because you were able to bring coverage and do these things. They understand sort of that extra element that's involved is it's not simply helping the media. It's making their entire bowl process and fans who follow it better, all the better for it as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough of all the people at the peach bowl, man. They're phenomenal. I mean, they, I mean, I, from the stuff that nobody else cares about, like, media workrooms where the Wi-Fi is phenomenal to um, the media hospitality room. Um, you know, like yesterday I drove here and it was the day after Christmas and you're a little tired from all the holiday stuff. And I didn't even feel like trying to find a place to grab something to eat. And there was food down there. So there was some, had a couple of beers came back to my room and crashed. It was great. And then this morning we got Pete Golding and six Ole Miss defensive players. And we got both of the Penn State interim co-offensive coordinators. And I want to say, let's see, one, two, five of their guys, five of their offensive players. Um, that is a ton of access. All brought to the hotel. Um, it, it was – there was some uh, – practice availability today uh, tj dudley did practice with ole miss linebackers wearing number 20 so i'm they're at least preparing him to play whether he plays or not on saturday i don't know i didn't ask um but we had a ton of access like an hour with penn state and then an hour with ole miss all just incredibly on schedule uh transcripts video all the stuff that uh the stuff that you guys shouldn't ever have to think about but we do think about it. Uh, it's it's like a bygone era. I, I can remember when I started on the Auburn beat, like we'd go to Auburn would play at Tennessee. And on Friday night, they took you out to dinner and stuff. It was like a different world. Yeah. Oh yeah. It chases like really? what? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I can remember going to, you know, uh, Fayetteville and they would take us to Herman's or you'd go to, yeah, all those places to the point where you almost felt weird about it. Like, why are these people being so nice to us? We're just writers. But uh yeah, it's just to totally. I mean, every everything you could you could want, they've they've done. It's a phenomenal bowl. Um, they they do a great job. You can tell that more importantly than the media, the kids are having a lot of fun. Both the Penn State kids and the Ole Miss kids talked about the uh, go kart competition yesterday. How much fun that was! They tons of gifts. They've uh, they've taken real good care of them in the hotels with game rooms and hospitality rooms and stuff for the players and. Um, that's the cool part. I mean, that's the stuff that 
fans do and should care about is that the players who've busted their ass for a year to get to this place to get get rewarded i know it's a bowl game and you're going to play a game and try to win and stuff but the bowl game is supposed to be a, a reward of some sort and the peach bowl people make sure that it is you mean that the bowl sponsored by chick-fil-a has good service they figure it out they 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 they, yeah. they, they, they make it work that- yeah I, I will tell you this uh for me this morning Walking in there, I walked in. A guy could must have tell could tell that I was like in desperate need of coffee. He's like, "Hey, the strong coffee's back there. This coffee <laughs> kind of shitty." And I was like, "Oh, thank you." And he's like, "He's like, oh, and, and if he goes, if you want some uh, some biscuits, there's a ton of them over there. You take them, put them in your bag, whatever." I was like, "Nah, dude, I don't, I don't need that." But thank you, and they did smell good. I'll tell you that. I just I needed the coffee. I mean, I, I must have had a look in my eyes. He was like, "Hey, the coffee right away." Yeah, I was I was stumbling around. So for Ole Miss, uh, Dudley potentially playing. Ole Miss might, fans might get their first look at him. That's a bit of a news, but really the only news coming out so far over the last week. Lane uh, got his contract extension, which he pointed out yesterday was nothing more than semantics off a rollover, essentially. Um, there was no financial changes, he said, which means buyout doesn't change. The only raise would be the raise that's just built into the contract. I don't remember the exact numbers, but you know, his contract started at like eight seven five for year one and went up to eight nine in year two or whatever it is. That is just a, a normal raise that is uh that is built in already. So there was no additional monetary changes beyond that. They just simply got him back out to whatever the max was built off of uh, the contract length and then Cedric Johnson opting out. I was asked for Ole Miss's starting lineup by a colleague this morning, and I, I was trying to look through it. I guess Javon Gordon plays in his spot. I'm assuming him and Aquilo Stone uh, take up the majority of those snaps there at, the, at that spot. Um, I know a lot of conversation regarding Johnson uh, deciding to not play in the bowl game. And, you know, like I said, Neil and I were discussing just on the phone yesterday, and both of us completely get it, understand why people are frustrated. Cedric Johnson has been a really good soldier for a really long time, though. If there's any kid who deserves some benefit of the doubt even or that you go, okay, Cedric Johnson might be that guy. He stood through a lot of stuff in four years uh, never been anywhere near a negative for Ole Miss in any way, and he has a very big opportunity in his hometown coming up in uh, just uh, about four weeks or so. Yeah, I mean, I won't belabor the point. It's been debated back and forth to the to the point where you, you probably feel whatever you feel. Uh, I get it. I get the frustration with with Cedric and 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 all of that. Um, one hundred percent. Some of the Penn State kids were asked, a couple of the Penn State guys were asked today who were weighing whether to opt out. And they're like, no, it's just one more chance to play with my guys, one more chance to to go put on a uniform and, and play with my friends and all of that. So I get both sides. I will say this for Cedric. As a Mobile kid, the opportunity to play in that game, in the Senior Bowl, in Mobile is huge. And then more importantly for Cedric, as a guy who's kind of a tweener, is he a defensive end? Is he an outside linebacker? He's got a lot of physical tools that don't always translate to the field. It's hard to make anyone understand this if you've never been to the Senior Bowl. And I don't mean the game on Saturday. Those guys report on Sunday. And starting on Sunday night, there's interviews in the hotel 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And if you've never been to a senior bowl practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's a who's who of NFL people. It's run by the NFL. The two teams are coached by NFL coaching staffs. Uh, everything is NFL style, meetings, practices, everything. Um, you'll look out at an NFL pra- at, a, at a senior bowl practice and there's 20 NFL head coaches, 20 plus NFL GMs, tons of player personnel directors. Um, they're watching NFL practices run by NFL coaches. It's for a guy like him who it's not a sure thing. Those are such critical practices, such critical meetings. Everything just he has to he had to decide was it worth the risk of playing in the peach bowl and maybe turning an ankle, tweaking a knee, separating a shoulder breaking a rib, anything that would have prevented him from being 100% for that week. And he made the decision that it wasn't worth that risk. And I'm not going to be the guy that faults him for that. I I 100% understand where he's coming from. Um, His dream is to play in the NFL. He and I have talked about it before on numerous occasions. Like Chase said, I mean, he's been here forever. In an era when guys are only out of school for a year, two years, he's been at Ole Miss for like five. Um. He had a decision to make. It probably wasn't an easy decision. And I would have understood it either way. And, you know, you can't blame him if he thought back to maybe Matt Corral in, in 2021 in the Sugar Bowl and said, you know, Matt rolled the dice and and they came up snake eyes. Um, Had he – for him to impress the NFL that week, he's probably got to be tip-top shape, 100%, and – I guess that's the decision that he made. I I understand the criticism. I just disagree with it. And if you look around in in college football, there's a whole lot of opting out going on with bowl games. Um, It's Lane Kiffin, to his credit, makes the most of this schedule, but has has said it on numerous occasions that the schedule is just screwed up. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, the college football calendar makes no sense. I was listening to a podcast yesterday where Mike Shashevsky was interviewing Kalen DeBoer at Washington. And he was like talking about the, the football calendar and DeBoer just said, you have so many irons in the fire at one time that it's almost impossible. And so, you know, all of that stuff goes on and, and I just, I can't be the. I'm not going to be the guy that faults a kid for making a decision to opt out any more than I'm going to be the guy that criticizes a kid when he decides to play the game. It's an individual decision, and Cedric's a great kid, and uh, those of us who have covered him really like him, and uh, he's been good to this site. I, I've enjoyed getting to know him, and so I, I understand how difficult this decision must have been for him. And personally, and I know Chase agrees with this as well. I, I wish him absolutely nothing but the best. I hope he has a huge week in Mobile and. Uh, it'd be a special week for him in front of his friends and former coaches and teammates and all of that stuff. And like I said, I'm I'm, I'm being long-winded. I, I know how difficult the decision it must have been, and but he made the one that he felt was best for him. I think the Senior Bowl was February 3rd, if I have that date right. Again, it's played there on uh, South Alabama's campus. He's from Mobile, as, uh, as, as Neil alluded to there. 
during uh, during that. From a on the field standpoint, look, it's a loss for Ole Miss. There's no doubt. Um, he's one of Ole Miss's better pass rusher. He and Jared Jared Ivy uh, led Ole Miss in sacks in the regular season with five and a half apiece. And, uh, you know, experience up front and run defense. Penn State's going to come right at them. They're going to run at them a ton. We haven't really talked a ton about the game to this extent, so I guess it is time for that over the next couple of days as we are doing podcasts. Neil, you've seen a ton of Big Ten. Um, Penn State definitely has more ability to score than, you know, we make fun of Iowa or something like that. I mean, they're, they're, they're a good team. Quarterback doesn't beat you down the field at all, but he also doesn't make any mistakes. It feels like that game where Ole Miss just has to tackle. They have to play clean. It's it's – this is probably a really bad example, and I probably need to think about it for a second before I give a better example. But I sort of anticipate a non-tempo, more talented type of Mississippi State where you've got to play really well in that middle level. You know, it's interesting. The Ole Miss kids were asked today what SEC team Penn State reminded them of, and uh, Jared Ivey, he kind of demurred on the question and said they reminded more of Georgia Tech than they do any SEC team. But J.J. Pegues, Trey Washington, both said Arkansas. And I think the reason for that is because Drew Aller's a big kid, 6'5", 245, um, doesn't make mistakes, 23 touchdowns, one interception this season. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good ratio. Um He's thrown for 2,300 yards, but he doesn't really blow you away with his with his uh, arm talent. But he'll run. He's a physical runner. He's a willing runner. Uh, they're they're big up front. They have a lot like Arkansas kind of. They have those those tall, long wide receivers that that can hurt you in space if they get to space. Uh, tight ends are a really good player. I mean, look, they're a hundred times better than Arkansas. Uh, but but I, I think it was the yeah, yeah. I think it was the the size of the quarterback, Jefferson to to Alar. I think it was a lot of that and 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 uh, you know, good backs, couple of good backs that can can do good things. Um, yeah, I probably watched Penn State five, six times. They're they're solid. They're it's a should be a really fun matchup because they're kind of the old miss of the of the Big Ten. They they just can't beat the elite team. They can beat everybody else and do. Um, you know, they whipped Iowa. Just, just thirty-one whipped, nothing. Whipped Iowa. Um, you know, they they handled Maryland and Illinois and and those kind of teams. The much the same way that Ole Miss handled the SEC. Um, they're they're good. They're they're. they're it, and you know, and they're down here, and Franklin's doing the, and as I would too, if I were the head coach at Penn State, playing a game in Atlanta, playing the whole, hey, you're in SEC territory, and it's a chance to, you know, get an eleventh win, and for them it'd be, I think six New Year's six victories for their program. I mean, it is a storied program, and um, they're impressive. They, their guys, I encourage you to watch the video. It's up at Rebel Grove. Their, their kids are really impressive, and and uh, they speak highly of Ole Miss, but this is an opportunity for them, and. Uh, they're a program that is very similar to Ole Miss. There's a lot of focus on uh, on 2024 and getting a spot in that 12-team playoff next year. I noticed that I, – I guess it was the Penn State uh, offensive coordinator that had a comment. You might have had it too, but I saw David Eckert put it out on Twitter. I don't know where, what, where it was outside of that. And then you've heard Franklin mentioned a couple times too – it's it's an interesting move because we're so portal heavy with Ole Miss and following Lane and everything they're doing and you know rebuilding the team and it's look it's it's the niche for Ole Miss it makes 
tons of sense in so many different ways. But, you know, Penn State's almost sort of as a program counting on development still winning in 2023 and something that we don't see down south except for Alabama and Georgia to whatever extent. And obviously Penn State is a very named program and a national fan base and all that kind of stuff. But I just haven't noticed as much contrast as I have this week where, you know, nobody's talking down about anybody, but there's such a different program mode on how they go about it that it's it sort of put light bulbs up for me in the last 48 hours i went wow they're they're really focused on yeah but our schedule is not old miss's schedule because we do this and we develop and we're kind of different in how we're putting the roster uh in pieces yeah i've talked to coaches around the country who admit that they look at old miss uh at what lane's done and kind of how he's done it um as sort of a science project you know, they look at it and go, gosh, that shouldn't work. How does that work? And the Penn yeah. State coordinator sort of said something along those lines today. He said, you know, it's so many transfer guys from so many different places that you still are figuring out who you are late in the season. And he did not mean it as an insult before anybody gets all worked up and get, don't let that get your pressure, blood pressure up. Yeah, He just meant – that's not really the ideal way to do it. Wayne Kiffin has said, um, you know, I talked to Pete Golding this morning and he made the point that, you know, he didn't take the Ole Miss job until January 16th. And by then the SEC to SEC window had closed. And he goes, you know, most of my contacts are in the SEC. And so that was not an option. So we had to do it a different way. And, you know, he was talking about how you bring in guys from all these different places and they, they um, played in different levels of competition and at different programs with less resources and all of those things. And, you know, there are some times when he was specifically talking about the Georgia game when you could just tell the moment was too big. And this year, obviously, they've hit the portal again, but they've hit the portal in a different way. And, and you know, it's using his SEC contacts, he sort of affirmed something that I had suspected, which was his having been at Alabama where, look, if this triggers you, I'm sorry. They they are in on every major prospect. Mm-hmm. They don't get them all, but they're in on them all from early on. And it, Pete said that. He's like, you know, we didn't, we didn't get a lot of those guys, but we recruited them, had an initial relationship with them. And that, greased the skids to get them to Ole Miss. And then, you know, and then he talked about the culture that's been created at Ole Miss. And, but, you know, you and I've talked about this some, and I know we're talking about Penn state, but I, I think the big picture stuff is so much more interesting than, than Saturday's game because Saturday's game's a game. It's going to be what it'll be. And then when it's over, you know, Barring a devastating injury is having no pa- impact whatsoever on the Nittany Lions or the rebels chase for a 2024 playoff berth. Yeah, it's really, it's really Both not. teams are going to be in the top 10 starting next season. They just are. Yeah, you just are. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. Take a break in the podcast, tell you about GNM Pharmacy. That's in Oxford or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. They got their high dose flu shots for any patient, especially patients over 65. Most clinics typically give standard dose to all patients. So they highly recommend 65 and older come get a high dose flu shot. From them, they also have the RSV vaccine. That's an extra level of protection for those who need that. You can get those vaccines by appointment, which makes getting in and out super easy. Just give them a call to schedule. That's 662-236-2222 for GNM and Oxford. Or again, 662-252-2321 in Holly Springs. 
podcast also brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. It's getting close to the end of 2023, so if you need to make year-end donations for tax purposes, the foundation will walk you through their philanthropic giving initiatives, whether it's the Vol Society or Empower. Both initiatives give you a tax-deductible way to support the Champions Now campaign, or if you're working on estate planning, call the foundation to discuss Forever Ole Miss. For information, that's 662-915-7159 or give to athletics.com. I also want to tell you that Prime Shrimp is giving away free shrimp for an entire year. Entire year. Free shrimp to one lucky rebel. Here's how to enter. Go to primeshrimp.com slash mpw. You place an order, any order, do anything you want. Use promo code JUICE. That's J-U-I-C-E. Take 20% off your order and be entered to win. You can place additional entries by posting your shrimp on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with quote with the hashtag Prime Shrimp and hashtag MPW. So winners will be chosen on January 31st. Get your orders in now. Again, free shrimp for a year, primeshrimp.com slash MPW. And then also shopstyleassembly.com. You can still use that code RG15 through the end of the year. Remember, if you uh, maybe didn't get the Christmas gift you wanted for the uh, four percenters out there, or if the uh, lady in your life needs a little extra something, shopstyleassembly.com. You can go online, take care of it. You get free shipping over a uh, certain price point as well, and that's code RG15 for your own, 15 for your online order. So again, shopstyleassembly.com, code RG15. Um, it's an interesting game. It's a fun game. I, I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm looking forward to writing about it and all those things, but the big picture is more interesting to me. And, and he was talking about that day, that night in Athens. He's like, we had no chance. It was, it was the first game all year, the only game all year where the kids knew it, the coaches knew it, everybody knew it. There was a point in that game where everybody looked around like, went, 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 that, and there's no magic happening tonight. This mm-hmm. is this This is it. And he said, you know, that I guess I'm giving my con- my column away, but I posted it for free so you can read it. It's up at social media. Um, he talked about how, you know, there was a temptation that night to go, well, maybe the moment was too big. Maybe the hype was too much. Maybe we were intimidated. Maybe whatever, 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 right? You just anything you can come up with, you know, ma- maybe we put our pants in the dryer on high heat. Maybe they just shrunk, you know, maybe, maybe it was just a couple of meals. Maybe Georgia just had that day. Had they not just had that day, you know what? We're unlucky. And and he's like, then you watch the film. (laughs) And the film was at the point of attack at the point of attack. They just got whipped. He said from the first play to the last play. And he said they came away with two things. One, they have to get bigger. They've got to be more impactful at the line of scrimmage. And B, you have to be able to play man coverage in this league. If you play zone coverage in this league, once they figure out that it's zone, you're done. And that's what they went and recruited, a specific Mm -hmm. sort of player. And he goes – and. The fact that those players came from the SEC and the Big Ten, he's like, we weren't recruiting conference specific, but it helped, right? It helped to get guys that have played at Georgia, that have played at Alabama, that have played in SEC, uh, that have played in New York Six games, that have that have gone through SEC travel and SEC media, the attacks that you get on Twitter when you play in this league, and all of that stuff that 
was new for guys from Miami of Ohio and, 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 you know, Eastern or central Michigan or whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's not new if you played at Florida or Tennessee or Arkansas or, you know, Mississippi state, Ole Miss, if you've, Look, if you've played in the SEC, you've played in the SEC. Period. Yeah, no, nothing you, shocking Tyler Barron when August gets here. He's, no, he's cool. I mean, yeah, he's, nothing he's shocking cool. Princely Umami Allen or 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 Walter Nolan or or Christopher Paul or those guys. I mean, if you've worn an SEC uniform into an SEC stadium, mm-hmm. you you know what's coming. You know, you you don't have to have played it. You don't have to have played at Ole Miss to understand what it means to go on a road game to Auburn. If you've done it wearing a Florida uniform or a Tennessee uniform or a Texas A&M uniform or an Arkansas uniform, you you generally you understand the gist of it. Well, you know, the thing about the Georgia thing, too, is I, I remember even because I mean, Ole Miss goes because Georgia gave up a lot of opening touchdowns. Ole Miss goes down and they scored. But even when they scored, it wasn't, oh, wow, this is a game. They're up 7 nothing. It was – that was really hard. Wow. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like every yeah. yard was just a battle, and you went, "Hey, they scored!" But damn, like that was that was not that was not a normal. Hey, wow, Lane's really on a script here, and they're rolling. That was. Oh, uh, and then Georgia got the ball back and scored in like three plays, and you thought that was pretty easy. Uh huh. And that was yeah, a sign of things to come. And then once they figured out offensively that hey, they, they've got to play zone, they can't guard us, and they can't get to us. It's not the best combination. They, I mean, it's where Ole Miss has gotten so much better. I mean, it's a segue there into Walter Nolan and what they've done on that defensive front is that, I mean, Carson Beck had all day. He was not touched, literally, in the entire game. They didn't knock him down. They didn't sack him. They did not touch him. And you knew Ole Miss had to retool this defensive unit, basically, all over it, but especially up front. And, I mean, I'm counting, not even counting the Big Ten guys, just coming SEC to SEC – six starters so far in the portal potentially i mean i think that's a that's probably a, a casual number there i mean i'm doing it quickly on whatever but you got mcdonald you got paul you got nolan you got princely you got baron and you got uh richardson yeah that's six it seems like there's somebody else maybe but um but yeah and they're probably I mean, not dudes good. who were starting in the sec yeah um Look, you've you've covered this league for a while. I've covered it for a while. Um, the teams that win it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I'm trying to think if there's even an exception to this. The teams that win the league, that play for national titles, the teams that that go far, they're impactful up front on defense. They're they're impactful. They're not they're not just there. They're making plays. They're creating havoc. They're disrupting running games. They're disrupting passing games. They're getting arms up in passing lanes. Um, they're getting to the quarterback. They're they're disrupting timing. Uh, no, because the just, weakest national champion or playoff team out of that whole group of the last 10, 15 years is that Cam Newton-Auburn team, and they had Cam on that side, and they had Nick Fairley, who was just a beast in the middle on defense. Yeah, yeah he was a first-round draft pick um, yeah. on, on on defense. I, I mean, Look at all the teams that Golden Coast at Alabama. They had, they had impact guys on the defensive side of the ball, guys that were drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft that are still playing on Sunday. Um. You have to have that. Lane said, you know, he's like nothing against our guys, but we really lost warm-ups that night, you know. Um, and that's when he said he made up his mind that, hey, I don't know if we're going to be better, but we're going to look better. And obviously that's him trying not to – I mean, they don't want to throw the current guys under the bus, right? I mean, those guys have played their asses off. They won 10 games, but – you saw that night in Athens, beyond a shadow of a doubt, it was crystal clear. I mean, the the gap between good and great. Mm-hmm. And it's in the second half of the Alabama game. For as much as people want to talk about officiating and all that stuff, the one thing that really stuck out to me in the second half of that Alabama game was Alabama did what Alabama does, and that's they lean on you offensively. And they control the clock, and they frustrate you, and they limit your opportunities. And um, all of those things, they wear you down, and then you – you you start sneaking someone into the box and they take the deep shot. That's what they do. It's just kind of how they that's kind of how they kill you. Um and to beat those teams, there's there's really only one way. There's two ways. You have to be impactful on defense and you have to have really strong quarterback play. That's how you beat the elite <coughs> team. Because that makes you an elite team. Yeah, and they've gotten so much more physical. They got so much better. And, and it's a it's a team where I'm looking at it for next year on the defensive side, and we're very aware of what they've done on the defensive front. I mean, they've got some real pass rushers there. I mean, Princely's probably the top returning pass rusher inside the SEC, period, because he was right there with Dallas Turner on all the stats, analytics, all those things in, in, in this season. And Paul's going to make him better at linebacker. And then I think DeCam Richardson is one hell of a pickup at corner. He's going to be their best corner. I know he. it's not about the interceptions or the stats. They didn't throw at him because he's really, really good over there. And he's going to change things. And it, it it dovetails into this Walter Nolan thing. They pick him up on Christmas Eve. And if he is motivated and if he is locked in and he gives the effort that he is capable of, he impacts everybody around him because you can't single team him. He's going to do so many things on that defensive front to help them to free up linebackers and free up safeties that they just haven't had. That Ole Miss has been bad at linebacker, or at least that's definitely been their weak spot but they've also not had that dominant defensive tackle to free up lanes and open things up and do, you know, like when Kim Dietschy was here and what he was able to do when he really was motivated and caring in that way, Nolan has that type of ability. So it goes way beyond 37 tackles, four sacks, all those traditional stat stuff. He He's going to make a huge difference for a Paul and those guys in the middle. And then he's also going to make a hell of a difference for Ivy and Pegues beside him because they can't focus on, you know, Pegues picked up a lot of, 
double teams and different things because he was the best they have. Well, that's no longer the case. I mean, J.J. Pegues probably uh, is one of the more happy people right now that Walter Nolan's on that front four. Sure, and Suntory Perkins. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now you are more free to experiment with him as opposed to almost having to force him into a role. You can you can try some different things. Um, yeah, it's going to make J.J. a better player. Um, they actually have some depth. Pete was talking about how they played 28 guys on defense pretty extensively this year. They've tried to stay fresh. They wanted buy-in. They they wanted, you know, to be better late in games. This all of those things, you're checking all of those boxes with this portal class. And then, you know, they've got some young guys coming in that are talented that now you don't you can bring them along at whatever pace they need to be brought along at, uh, whether that's quickly or, or, or if they're not ready and you can slow down and, and use them later in the year. There's, there, You still have to build chemistry. You still have to do things. It's not a sure thing, but, man, I mean, you, you think about what they did with this year's defensive personnel, and then you go in the next season where, frankly, the schedule's more friendly and – um. You know, assuming that Dart comes back, um, you know, really you check all the boxes that you need to check to be an elite team. I, I still think they have some work to do on the offensive line. They know that. Uh, every sign is that they're going to get some work done on the offensive line here pretty quickly. Um, they got to get better there. Um, but everything else – the boxes are checked. And and this year, like, some people will disagree with this, and that's okay. You feel, feel free to have a different opinion. I do think this team hit its ceiling. I think if this team played at Alabama and at Georgia 10 times each, I'm not sure how many Ws they'd walk out with. Not many. Not many well, yeah, at all. Because if you're doing that, you also can lose the A&M. You can lose the LSU. I mean, it's yeah, just – sure. Yeah, I think this team maximized. And and next year's team already is better than this year's team. Again, assuming that Jackson Dart comes back. If he doesn't, all bets are off. But if he does, then, you know, this team on paper is a better team than, than the 2023 team. And the 2024 schedule on paper – is friendlier than the 2023 schedule. And that might end up being completely off because who knows, maybe next year's the year that Kentucky is damn gangbusters. I don't know. We'll see. But looking at it on paper, this it, it's, it's a more favorable slate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We're doing all this on December 27th with the transfer portal and now this multiple transfer thing going on. And it's like, ah, oh, hell, who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, seriously, you 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 look at it on paper today, and you're like, "Boy, I think LSU's not going to be so good." And, and by by the end of January, the LSU might look like world beaters. Um, you know, you can you can rebuild a team pretty damn fast if you have the resources and the wherewithal. And so, but as of today, I mean, I would I think Ole Miss is a playoff team. And then a little clarification on this transfer thing. The uh, courts came out over the break and said that this multi this multi-transfer situation that we've been talking about in West Virginia and Ohio that's now been expanded by the NCAA to all 50 states, 
that it is going to allow anyone uh, who has would be a multiple transfer to jump on the portal to be eligible next season as long as they do it now. But the catch that they made, and I was wrong on this at first, or at least I didn't understand it at first, is that they have to do it inside. They have to be at their new school inside the 2023-2024 academic year as of right now. So if you want to talk about why we're even mentioning Jackson Dart, is he transferred from USC to Ole Miss. He has not publicly announced his intentions for next season. And prior to this announcement, it was going pro or staying. Those were his only options. He's not ready to graduate yet, and he's already transferred. Now, he, him, just like any player, could jump in the portal. You're not going to have to linger on this very long. The portal closes by January 2nd. So a player would have to be in the portal by January 2nd to take advantage of this new rule and transfer inside the academic year because the April period would not be the case. That would already be the next year for summer by the time that came into place. Again, as of right now, I mean, if you're if you're counting on the NCAA locking down any rule for sure, good luck, congratulations. <laughs> but as of December 27th, that's the only thing that is a guarantee is if you do it now, you would be eligible for the 2024 football season. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple things there, but like a guy like Jackson. Or even leverage, forget, maybe completely wanted to stay, but when, hey. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I, I I can't sit here and say that I would blame him if he said, you know, I could throw my name in the hat, take calls, take offers, use it as leverage to get a better deal here. I mean, He's been the starting quarterback at an SEC school for two years, has half dozen Pac-12 starts under his belt. I have to think there'd be a market for Jackson Dart, so I'm sure that's something that that Lane's going to get asked about and Jackson's going to get asked about presumably tomorrow. I would assume we'll get Jackson tomorrow. I can only imagine the the level to which he no comments that. Um, (laughs) Almost can predict the answers. Um, but, and then the other thing, I mean, look, if you, you referenced it and you're right. I mean, there's a real chance that it just gets pushed again in the spring where the portal opens up in May for everybody. At which point I I can't even imagine the chaos, you know, you're right. Like, this what's coming up is just like a 48 hour window to get in. Like Kalen DeBoer again at, at Washington, he was talking about how the University of Washington, they start their winter quarter January 3rd. So their academic calendar goes boom right away after uh-huh. New Year's. And so at some places, you know, it's January the 20th or whatever. Ole Miss is usually a week later because they they, they do the two intercession. intercession. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I'm aware of this because of my girls and their friends. Ole Miss usually starts – Arkansas starts on a Monday in January, and Ole Miss usually starts the next Monday because Ole Miss has the two intercession kind of periods in, in January. But, uh, I mean, it could be total chaos. And so to my, to my rebuild your roster thing – Shit, you could look at, pardon my language, you could look at a roster in April watching it in the spring and go, they suck. And then by May the 15th, go, I don't know, man, they might actually be okay next season. I, I mean, it. We, we're we're in, everybody does the uncharted. We're getting to the point of the 
allowing the players so much control that you've just killed the whole system from being able to even know what the hell's going on. I don't even mean it like in a good or bad way. I just mean, yeah, no, like, no. God, the hell with it. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's why to the point now where <laughs> I give Lane credit. He's not listening to me. Make no mistake about it. But Lane has stopped with the this is pro sports. He's quit. He 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 now points out how this isn't pro sports. This is nothing resembling pro sports. This is just chaos. And 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 look, I I I can't say that I I mean, on one hand, I think this is it's suicidal for the sport. On the other hand, I mean, I get it. I don't know how you legally restrict movement when restricting that movement restricts or you can make the legal argument that it is restricting someone's earning power someone's earning potential they've there's a fix in there somewhere but i don't i don't have i don't know what that fix is no they'd have to pay me a lot of money to try to come up with it and I, I, they keep leaning on congress to make the fix it's very obvious congress wants no part of that so um, it's it's interesting time and potentially potentially just a chaotic crazy time. And I, I I laugh when fans do it because I get it. You're just thinking about your team, but like like the, a ruling comes out, and they're like, "What does that mean for this player and this player?" I'm like, "Man, you what does it mean for the whole sport?" I mean, if on May the first, anybody who's a college football player, no matter how many times he has transferred before, can just jump in the portal and leave. Anyone in May? Like, that's wild. Well, yeah, I mean, it was the point we had when, you know, the the thing came out the first time and it went, Brandon Murray, and it went, yeah, 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 cool. But uh, hold on, got a hand raised, just curious, real quick. Like, hey, look, again, I, I know you guys, it's after Christmas, you've had a lot of meat, a lot of turkey, blood pressure's kind of up, you're dealing with in-laws and family members. I have no knowledge about Jackson Dart leaving. We are simply saying this is where this thing stands as of right now. Look, there's a lot of rumors, but there's always rumors with vacuums. So I'm not even putting necessarily a lot of credence into that right now. Um, it's logical. It's yeah, logical. Well, and, and here's the deal, too. It's, it, it's the other side of the Dart thing is, hey, sure, he's fully within his rights to go ask for more money or do whatever it is he'd like to do if he chooses to do this. Maybe he's already told everybody he's good and he's just waiting after the bowl game. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. But – He's almost kind of like that veteran quarterback that goes, hey, if I go ask for more money, that's more money they can't spend on the offensive line. or the, You know what I mean? He's like, he got that decision too in this also where yeah. it's like, hey, okay, but they're putting a roster around me that can get to the second weekend or to the you know, playoff or whatever you want to call it. Hey, a lot of lot of variables here in, in, in this thing sure. as they sure. as they. But as I they mean, I forward. can't – I just can't sit here and go, oh, I'd – I would criticize him if he said, you know what, I'm going to find out what my value is. I, 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 I wouldn't blame him. I mean, I don't wish that uh, on, on Ole Miss or whatnot, but suddenly that's been made available to him. I mean, he has the right legally to, with having already transferred, to go into the portal and find his value. And let's be real, it's not like Ole Miss could go – Hey man, you jump in the portal and you're out. We're going to Yeah, come on. You know, no, I mean they they'd have to fight to keep him. And so, yeah, that would take away maybe from what they could do in other places, but I I, I you know, I just I'm not I'm not going to be hypocritical and begrudge someone for trying to cash in on leverage when you have it. 
So the portal closes sometime in the afternoon, right? And at like five o'clock or something, or is, is that the draft and it's midnight? That, that I don't know. Either way, uh, it's I the second, know. so that's next Tuesday. Is a and then uh, I know is, there's a, a visit. There's a visit window from the third through the seventh for prospects who will enroll in the spring semester. So players so, who are already in the portal. Yes. So you could get in the portal on January the 2nd and take a visit someplace on January the 3rd. Okay. Yeah. To a place that's getting ready for a playoff game or playing on a team a team that is in a playoff game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where when people talk about the calendar, I mean, it would be like in December – you're a safety for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you're like, yeah. I you're taking we, visits. You're in Baltimore with a visit. I realize we play Cincinnati this week, but listen, I'm I'm t- I'm taking this visit to Cleveland. Um, I'll meet with the Browns because I can. I, I need to figure out where I'm going for my free agency. It just the calendar does not make sense, and there's no there's no pro sport that is anywhere close to this screwed up with the calendar. So. To Lane's credit, I give him a ton of credit. He he has stopped with the it's pro sports because people like me who keep up with pro sports a lot would be like, except for the fact that it's not. I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. I knew what he was trying to say. To his credit, I mean, he has fixed his message. He no longer says the those words. Well, no, his thing that he keeps doing is talking about, and it's 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 maybe the most relevant point is because he mentions it as an example every time, which is I am on other college campuses while they are playing their season, recruiting their kids. And it is legal and necessary and required at this point to maximize yeah. and be efficient. He's flying to Knoxville to, to, to recruit two players that are on the Tennessee roster as Tennessee prepares to play the Citrus Bowl or whatnot. I mean, it makes yeah. – I mean, to his credit now, he goes, hey, look, this is the system. I'm going to do it. But I do – I give him a ton of credit for that. And also saying at the same time, this is sort of crazy, isn't it? I think it's his subtle but not subtle way when he's on Twitter and he takes the picture of the South Carolina golf cart and the Tennessee plane to go, I I, I feel gross right now, but it's just what we're doing. And it, it, I, think I, so no I used to think he was trolling those schools, and I don't think that anymore. I think now it's almost him trolling like the NCAA going, this is – Look how yeah. stupid this is. You put I mean, rules required to make me be on South Carolina's campus recruiting their best wide receiver right now. Right. While they're getting ready to – well, they had just lost, but the point yeah, stands. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it, it is what it is. Ole Miss has definitely maximized it. They have the number one uh, portal class in the country by all metrics at this point. They, uh, I saw in the combined rankings from rivals, they were up to like number seven or number eight when you factor in the portal and the high school rankings, uh, together right there. So, a top 10 class when you consider, uh, where that's at. And again, they fill needs, they've gotten older guys, they sort of followed the plan that he had in place for this year on the hopeful nature of trying to develop chemistry with this thing wherever you can and whatever it looks like for uh for next season and then yes look Saturday's supposed to be a reward. I mean I get you again we're not going to get we're never going to be the podcast that goes in the minutia of a bowl game on the matchups here and there but you know it's like Dayton Wade yesterday. He was generally excited to play in Atlanta and play in this bowl game. I'm happy for him. I, I had mentioned that I saw uh Isaac Ukwu at Finch and Kelly's for that Laquan Treadwell podcast a few weeks ago and he was pumped up. He gets to play in a bowl game. He'd never done that before. There there are kids where 
this is really neat. It's a stage for a lot of kids. It's a big game just as far as playing a named team, getting that last chance with your guys against the Penn State, who's you know obviously a very prominent program um, around the country and inside. Look, this could be a playoff game next year. It wouldn't – if you said, hey, Ole Miss plays Penn State in a playoff game, you wouldn't be able to put a gun to your head and say, no, that wouldn't happen. I mean, that's – there are 15 teams that I think have a chance to be in the playoff next year, 18 teams, and – both these teams are definitely one of them, and they're probably not a team that's going to get a top four bye. So you're talking about it, absolutely a game that could could be in that situation a year from now. Um, and for the most part, everybody's playing. Ole Miss lost Cedric. I think Penn State's down three. Is that right, Neil? Is it three? So uh, tight end, a defensive back, and the big defensive end chop. Is that is that right? Yeah, I think that's right. Well, two or three. Not okay. many, though. Most of their guys that – thought about opting out, apparently are going to play. Okay. So, I mean, fairly full strength, especially when you look at this Georgia-Florida State nightmare where, did I see this right? Almost 40 players are out of this game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that's the part where you go, okay, this the system's broken. It just is. Yeah. I mean, you know, North Carolina, Mac Brown says, you know, look, I'm not. it's not meaningless. It's meaningful to the young guys that really haven't played all year that are suddenly playing big roles on national TV in front of their friends and family. That's him saying it's not meaningless while also saying it's not particularly meaningful either. I mean, it. Well, it's, it's where the Florida State quarterback that's starting just kind of shrugged and went, well, it's a hell of an opportunity for me. We're going to go give yeah. it hell, see what happens. I mean, yeah, so it, it can be two things at once. I mean, you can say, no, the bowl game, damn, it sure does mean a lot to me while at the same time going, this isn't really the way it was supposed to sort of be designed to play out, is it? I mean, you two things can be true at one time. I will say this. You know, 2020 was such a different year, but I remember us having on the podcast talking about, hey, is this where this thing's headed? I, I, will, I will give the players this while also being, yeah, just from a product standpoint, the, the opt-out has gotten so ridiculous depending on the game, is – we're not seeing the regular season opt-outs the way that three years ago I thought we might be going into when Elijah and Yaboa and all across the country, those guys were taking regular season games off. That was a one-year fad that went away. So at least they are finishing the regular seasons and we're not having these watered-down November games because guys are already checking out. I, I, I don't think that's going to be a thing moving forward. And the NFL's not crazy about the opt-out. They, they like you to play, but, yeah. you know. Football is not a game to play if you if if you're, and I don't mean scared like cowardly. If you're worried about getting hurt, you probably don't need to play. Yeah, frankly, worried about being hurt makes you more likely to get hurt. One hundred percent. We'll obviously hit more uh, more football tomorrow. Probably some basketball too. But just Ole Miss did move up to twenty fourth in the Associated Press top twenty five this week. They're still one of three teams undefeated in college basketball, along with James Madison and Houston. At uh at this juncture, Oklahoma lost to North Carolina. Is that right? Last week, Was I think that that's correct? right. Yeah. Okay. Something uh something along those lines, and then Ole Miss uh, has one more game prior to that matchup in Knoxville on January sixth against the Volunteers. They play the Bryant Bulldogs on New Year's Eve at three o'clock from the Pavilion to uh, close the regular season, and they're obviously prohibitive favorites from uh, for going thirteen and zero in the uh, non con at this uh, at this point. So. Just quick basketball run down there. Again, we'll hit that more 
uh, later in the week or into next week. It's not a relevant thing, but it will be very relevant here uh, here soon. I saw Lenardi had Ole Miss up to number a seven seed in uh, bracketology. If you just really want to get premature with something at this point, feel free. That's uh, that's where that stands. You watched a lot of these bowl games, Neil? You've been all into it? I'm just checking oh, them all out. Miami, geez. Ohio, and Georgia Southern, and whoever the hell geez, else I have watched. I have watched so much bowl season. So very much bowl season. I have not. I have I have I have actually not. I was down in the Are you media. gonna watch AM Scout team tonight? Um if it happens to be on, okay. no, I probably won't. Probably probably won't. Okay. Uh, no, I it, no, I mean and that's that's probably I don't know that I'm the typical person as it pertains to college football, but I'm watching less bowls today than I've ever watched before, and I'm probably not alone. And so it's look, it's a good they're going to a 12 team playoff next year. It's going to be awesome, and and that's good because it I, I I do think they they've got to figure some things out. Four games today, and it's the first day where we have the name teams playing bowl games. I will at least give it all that. So it's it's it, it, it's games with people you've heard of. Ole Miss is, I mean, sorry, not Ole Miss. The, the college football bowl games today, Virginia Tech and Tulane play at 1 o'clock today. That is in the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. Got it. That loss for Tulane in that season finale and what that meant for their bowl situation. Uh, North Carolina, West Virginia is today. Neil sort of alluded to Mac Brown there. That's in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is an SEC bowl every other year. The uh, Louisville-USC game is tonight. That's at 7 o'clock. That's the Holiday Bowl. I don't know who's playing or not playing in that game. And then Texas A&M-Oklahoma State tonight at 8 o'clock. And the Aggies have all sorts of damn people out for uh, for them tonight. Uh, they're they're down to like half a roster for this bowl game. So It's the yep. negative to uh, picking all of our bowl games at once. And not waiting till a little closer to see the see see the information or the matchups. I'm I'm, I'm just saying, okay. Yeah. So. Well, if you don't win, you the cash prize that you lost is zero. <laughs> so you're all right. You'll be okay. Uh, last thing, how the uh, how the how the tenderloin turn out for Christmas? Oh, uh, it's fantastic. I actually uh, I did it. I did it the kind of the right way. I think I. I indirect heat till i got it to about 120 okay and then i took it off real fast changed the grill out got the direct heat on got a cast iron skillet uh-huh put it in the cast iron skillet with the butter and shallot and thyme and to kind of create the sear yeah did that till i got it to like 132 133 132 ish it was it was really good a lot of people have converted over to the prime rib. I, w- I went by to pick up the meat on the 23rd from Greg, and I saw that the entire line outside of me was pretty much all prime rib, picking that up. Have not gone on that route yet. I-, I did use a sous vide for the first time, and I'm I'm playing with it. I, I don't know what I think exactly. I kind of feel like with the Traeger where it's a little too easy. I need a little more of a challenge. I, I feel like I kind of got cheated in the process, but it did uh, – it did create the perfect temperature of meat. Of meat, it was uh, fantastic. I ran the sous vide till I think one twenty eight is what I put it to, and then pulled it off, seared it, and and served it. Yep. Um, beat it. A, a rare side of medium rare, but really really good. Um, it's kind of the way I would uh, I would prefer it. So we're we're gonna play. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna play with the sous vide and see where it goes. We we're a little uh, we're, we're we're not all the way there yet, but we're getting there. I will say. 
I needed to re-season a little more after the sous vide before the sear. I, I didn't put enough salt and stuff back on. I, I, I did hit it, but not to the level that probably needed. If I'm grading myself, that was my that was my failure. If there was a failure, so I'm learning. Yep, it's all good. We will uh, have more podcasts for you tomorrow. I think Brian's got some stuff coming. So the network will have shows, and we're all leading up to the Peach Bowl Saturday, 11 o'clock there from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Coverage at Rebel Grove. Again, thanks to uh, Comer Heating and Air and Southern Air Conditioning and Heating for their partnership here this week while Neil is in Atlanta. So coverage Rebel Grove, MPW Digital in the meantime, and we will talk to you again soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.